Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... God! 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 To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. Swan Lane drive left here! One run is in! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa, Florida. We are going to give you a week three NFL preview. We're going to give you a preview of a couple of the college football games in the slate of college football. There's some news coming out of college football this week. We're going to also talk briefly about the NHL, NBA, MLB playoffs. As we get moving here, as we get towards the end of September, heading to October. Hope everybody's doing well. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you can send us a comment, note, suggestion at jposports, J-P-O-P-O sports on Twitter. You can also find us on the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Podcasts platforms. Definitely tell your friends and colleagues, people that are sports fans about us here at the Powers on Sports Podcast. Let's get to it. We are going to talk. Let's talk a little college football to start with. The SEC is back in action this weekend. Finally, uh, they've been practicing and all that good stuff, and they finally start playing this weekend. There's a slate of SEC games this weekend, kind of highlighted by... Florida and Mississippi, the debut of Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. You have LSU and Mississippi State. You got Mike Leach, new coach at Mississippi State. Interesting game in Auburn. You got Kentucky and Auburn. You also have Alabama, Missouri. You got Tennessee, South Carolina. So you have a decent slate of games here in the SEC to kick it off. You got Georgia and Arkansas, you got Vanderbilt, Texas A&M. Remember the SEC, I believe, is playing eight games, all conference games. Not going to have any out-of-conference games. So you should have some, you're going to have some very good matchups on a week-to-week basis starting tomorrow. Be interesting to see. Obviously, the favorites probably still going to be is going to be Alabama as they head into the regular season opener. Uh, LSU has been decimated by early people leaving for the NFL after the national championship year last year. And they had several guys opt out due to COVID. You've got Georgia, a new quarterback situation at Georgia. That's kind of unsettled right now. And so it'll be interesting to see. Again, you have Florida, who lots of people like Florida to be a major threat in the SEC. With Kyle Trask, I believe, is a senior this year. They've got a veteran squad with Dan Mullen and company. So you're going to have a, a good Florida Gator team. So I do, I do think it's going to come down to the usual suspects in the SEC. Florida, Georgia, uh, Alabama, Auburn might be in the mix. LSU will be in the mix. Those are probably your five teams that are probably the favorites in the SEC. So 
Some other news coming out of the college football world. You have the Pac-12. They have elected to start playing again. They had a vote late in the week, and they are going to start playing the first weekend in November. The plan is for them to play a seven-game regular season schedule. The Mountain West is talking is 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 coming back as well. Uh, you're going to see the Mountain West. So pretty much all five of the Power Five conferences. As remember, you had the Big Ten came back last week and said they're going to start playing late October. So pretty much all of your Power Five conferences have have revoted and are will are on schedule to play a seven to eight game to nine game regular season. So we'll have some version of a college football playoff. It looks like what will be interesting to see is how these, if there are games that do get postponed at some point during the regular season, how will that affect the playoff committee's ability to judge a team if a team has only played five or six games and other teams have played eight or nine or ten games? How do the does the college football playoff committee evaluate those, those different scenarios? On the COVID front, we had a we had a. USF played Notre Dame last week, and there was an out. There was a little bit of a some positive tests up at Notre Dame. Then they were obviously part of the COVID protocols. You have you trace uh, who you've had contact with. Obviously, the Notre Dame players had contact with USF players, and the USF players and the USF program has halted their football activities for the for the uh, time being. Their game versus FAU this week has been postponed. Due to some COVID concerns amongst the F in the F USF football program, so no games for the University of South Florida this week. Houston uh, was supposed to play their third or fourth game of the year by now. All four of them have now been canceled due to COVID issues, either with their team or with the team they were playing. So you, again, you are going to see some of these issues pop up from time to time throughout the country, I believe, but. Um, Again, we'll be very interested to see how they navigate through the different scenarios to make up games, to you know, to evaluate teams based on different numbers of games. So, uh, again, but it's good to have all the teams back playing from for the most part on the Division One level. Again, you have a full slate of games this week. Uh, kind of the, the highlight game is Florida State Miami. Miami with a big win last week in Louisville. Beating the Cardinals, De'Eric King and company, the Miami defense did a good job, won a high-scoring game. Florida State comes to Miami on Saturday night. Norvell, the coach at Florida State, has tested positive for COVID, so he will not be coaching. They'll have an interim coach. Somebody on the staff will be coaching. Uh, but again, the big rivalry, it's, you know, that's down here in Florida. That is the huge rivalry, Florida State-Miami. Has not been as good of a rivalry in the last five, six, seven years as previously. But again, from a name perspective, it's it's still a, it's still a national game, and it will be prime time on uh, ABC on Saturday night for the uh, players out there. That if you like to make a play on a game, a couple games that I like, I like uh, I like Miami tomorrow Saturday night against Florida State minus the eleven. I just don't think Florida State's very good, and I like what I'm seeing out of Miami, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Pretty doing a pretty good job on defense. Um, you know, a game to look at is potentially Tennessee, South Carolina, um, potentially South Carolina at home. I'm not sure what the. I don't believe they'll have any fans. Nah, there might be actually. I, I don't know what the SEC policies are are going to be with the fans. Um, 
I'm sure limited. I mean, they will not have um, full capacity by any means. I know LSU actually is having some fans. I know Alabama is going to have some fans. So there might be some fans actually for these SEC games tomorrow, limited capacity in these different venues. So be on the lookout for that. Um, another game uh, on the college circuit, Kentucky and Auburn. A lot of people think that's a tricky game for Auburn. Kentucky returns a lot of players um, and all that good stuff. So those are a couple games to be to be looking out for on the docket uh, if you're looking to make a play. Again, my the game I like the most tomorrow is Miami minus the 11 against Florida State in Miami at home. I just think uh, Miami's just a better team, clearly, and so we'll see. All right. Let's head to the National Football League. Week two review, quick recap, and then we'll give you a preview of week three. Week two, we had some, again, some more coaching blunders. You had the situation, the wild finish in Dallas between the Falcons and the Cowboys, the 40-39 final, where Atlanta just sat there and watched a guy kick an onside kick and it roll, 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 roll for four or five seconds before the ball went 10 yards. The Falcon players looked like they didn't realize that they could fall on the ball prior to it going 10 yards. They didn't. Dallas recovered, went down to kick a game-winning field goal. Um, that's just inexcusable by the Atlanta uh, or, uh, coaching staff, whether it's the special teams coach, head coach, players. They're all culpable. You, you know that. You have to know that rule. Um, you have to know how to coach it, uh, number two. And then, obviously, from a player perspective, you have to go execute the play. So, disastrous start for the Falcons, 0-2. Uh, you had some dubious coaching in that game as well by Mike McCarthy. McCarthy's down nine points middle of the fourth quarter. And instead of kicking the extra point to be down eight, he decides to go for two, doesn't make it. So, he's still down nine, which means you have to score twice instead of kicking the extra point to be down eight. And you only have to score once to tie the game. So, Two weeks in a row, Mike McCarthy's made some very questionable decisions. Um, he made a very uh, questionable decision in week one in L.A. by not kicking the field goal to tie the game. Atlanta, Dan Quinn as well, other, before the onside kick, they're up 27-7 to in the second quarter. 26-7, to excuse me. And it's, instead of kicking the extra point to go up 27-7, the guy goes for two points in the second quarter. You don't go for two points in the second quarter. Don't, you know, keep scoring. You were dominating the game. Keep piling it on. You trying to go for two to get up 21 is just stupid. Kick the extra point. Go for one. Um, you're going to score again. They hadn't stopped you all day. That's just really, 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 really surprising. And, again, guess what? The one point was the difference. They lose by one point. Pete Carroll, Sunday night, New England, Seattle, third and one late in the game. You've been running the ball at a very good clip all night. If you run the ball third and one and make it, the game's over. But no, we're going to throw a 35-yard pass corner route, incomplete, give the Patriots an opportunity with the ball. The Patriots drive all the way down to the one-yard line, and by the grace of God, the Seahawks stop Cam Newton on the last play of the game. But again, third and one call by Carroll and the Seahawks, uh, very questionable. Uh, would have taken a massive amount of heat on Monday uh, this week had they lost the game. He got away with it. And again, obviously, Pete Carroll's had his moments as uh, was pl some play calling decisions going back to the Super Bowl.
But again, uh, great game on Sunday night between the Patriots and the Seahawks. Wilson played great. Cam Newton played great. Um, all that stuff. Theme number two about week two, injuries. Major, major injuries beset teams in week two. You had Saquon Barkley done for the year for the Giants. The 49ers were decimated. You had Mostert. You had Bosa. You had Solomon Thomas. The Broncos lost Drew Locke, their quarterback, for about five weeks. You lost Cortland Sutton to an ACL. Tons and tons of injuries. Anthony Barr got uh, injured for the Vikings done. Lots and lots of injuries season-ending injuries at that for uh, teams this last week in the NFL. I don't know if it's, you know, they've been practicing for five or six weeks, and I know they haven't been going full speed, but I don't know if, if these injuries are related to that or if it's just a, you know, fluke injury. Um, people are all going to say, well, they didn't have any preseason games and they didn't have enough training camp. Well, these guys wouldn't have been playing in, you know, little to no preseason games anyway, so I'm not going to blame it on that. Uh, I think it's just a fluke. You know, physically, it's just something that happens to guys. These guys are in such elite shape. I think these are just things that happen to players, and it's just unlucky that they all happen at the same time. Lots of issues, lots of questions by the 49ers about the turf in uh, New York at, the, at, at MetLife Stadium. That, you know, that it was tough for people to get their feet from not getting caught in the turf. Um, you know, Bosa, Mostert, Solomon Thomas, Jimmy G got injured with an ankle sprain in, in the game. So lots of injury uh, concerns for the 49ers. They have to, what's ironic is they play another game in MetLife this week against the Jets. I'm sorry, the Giants. They played the Jets last week. They played the Giants this week. The Niners stayed over in West Virginia at the Greenbrier. If you know that from the golf world, that's a big resort in West Virginia. So, but they are having to go back to New York and play uh, the the uh, back in MetLife again. So it'll be interesting to see what their mindset is mentally having to go back and play in the same stadium as they did last week. So, um, and we're going to get to our picks here in, in a little bit. But uh, decimated by injuries are the San Francisco 49ers. Surprise teams. Let's talk about some 0-2 teams and some 2-0 teams. Let's do the 2-0 team surprises first. The Raiders, huge win on Monday night against the New Orleans Saints, debuting the new stadium in Las Vegas. Played very well. Derek Carr played very well. The offense, physical, very, very physical. Um, defense, just enough. They're not great on defense, but they're okay. Um, and, but again, if that offense and that running game can continue to thrive, they can mask some of their deficiencies on defense. But I like what I saw out of the Raiders. Uh, the Rams 2-0, nice win in Philadelphia Sunday after their week one win against the Cowboys. Though, to me, those are the two surprise 2-0 teams. Um, the Raiders go to New England this week and the Rams go to Buffalo. So both of them have big tests in the AFC East on the road. So we'll see how that goes. 0-2 teams. You got some desperate 0-2 teams. Four of them we're going to talk about. Atlanta, Minnesota, Philadelphia, and Houston. Atlanta, obviously, with the with the disaster in Dallas, blowing the huge lead. Minnesota has just looked very, very lackluster the first two weeks. First week, they got torched by Aaron Rodgers. Last week, their offense was really bad against Indianapolis. The loss of Stefanski, does that, how much is that affecting things? You got Gary Kubiak causing, calling the offense. No, no Stefan Diggs at wide receiver, so you really don't have a number one threat. Thielen's not a number one. He's a great number two, but he's not a number one. 
Uh, the defense is still spotty in Minnesota, um, especially in the secondary, so that's going to be a, an ongoing issue. Philadelphia, the Eagles, very disappointing loss week one in Washington, and then they come home and uh, just do not play very well against the Rams well enough. I mean, they get behind. The defense isn't great. Carson Wentz is not playing very well right now. I don't think Carson's getting a lot of help around him with the offensive line, but Carson's got to play better. The offense has got to be better because, again, their defense is not dominant by any means, so their offense needs to be productive. Uh, the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, no DeAndre Hopkins, which is a major, major problem. The offensive line has been bad. The Ravens came to town last week and beat them pretty handily. Uh, the defense in Houston is not nearly what it once was with J.J. Watt and company. Uh, they are very, very average, and we're getting just gashed on the ground by the Ravens last week. So major problems in Houston. I think Houston's, of these four teams, I think Houston's in the in the toughest boat. Uh, I do, do not see Houston being a very good team this year. I'm looking, I, mean, I think, 6-10 and 10 at best. Um, major questions are going to be coming to Bill O'Brien. There's talk that Houston might be interested in the, uh, Antonio Brown as a replacement, kind of for for Hopkins. We'll see about that. But um, those are your four teams that are going into Week Three with the most desperation because all four of those teams were, were mentioned playoff wise as we headed into 2020. And you know, you go down 0-3, it's pretty much over as far as making the playoff. Though I will say this would be the one year where they, again they've expanded the playoffs to. Uh, seven teams in each conference. So potentially you could get in the playoffs at eight and eight, um, potentially, but uh, you probably, probably unlikely, but there's a chance at eight and eight you could get in the playoffs, especially in the AFC where Houston is the one team where in the NFC, I don't think you're getting in the playoffs at eight and eight. I think there's enough good teams in the NFC that nine and seven at best at minimum is going to get you, going to get you that seven seed. So again, all four of those teams are desperate at zero and two going into week three. Let's get into week three, the, 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 the slate. Good slate of games. First off, you got the Raiders going to New England. New England minus six. Cam Newton played very well. Uh, again, I like, the, I, I like the Patriots at home here. I think with Cam playing like he did, I think the, the Patriots not as good on defense as they've been in the last couple years. But I think they'll find a way, to, and I think they'll really ball control that off the the, the Raider off defense on the field with ball control and Cam Newton. I like the Raider. I mean the Patriots here at home. Uh, the six points tricky because I could see the Patriots up ten or twelve late in the game and the Raiders score a late touchdown to cover the number. But I'm gonna t I would tease down the Patriots to to a pick 'em. Another game number two. The Rams head to Buffalo. Buffalo minus two. I like Buffalo here at home. Josh Allen playing really well. The uh, that again, no crowd in Buffalo, but again, windy conditions typically in Buffalo. I like Josh Allen at home. I like the Buffalo defense. Uh, the Buffalo offense needs to get a little more of a running game, but other than that, Josh Allen's playing very well, throwing the ball. But I do like to would like to see Buffalo get a little more of a running game. But I do like Buffalo at home minus the two. Houston heads to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's minus four. I'm very surprised the number is only four here. Uh, I figured that number would be six or seven. Um, I like the Steelers here at home. I don't like Houston going on the road against that blitzing defense. Again, the Pittsburgh defense, they, they again, played well last week against Denver when Locke got injured. Uh, they kind of let the game get closer than it should have been to beat Denver, but they won the game. 
I like Pittsburgh at home for sure. I like the running game of Connor against that Houston run defense. Give me Pittsburgh minus the four at home. San Francisco minus four back in New York at MetLife. No Saquon Barkley, no no Jimmy Garoppolo most likely. So you got some major uh, issues with star players here. Uh, I'm going to pass on the game from a gambling perspective, but I um, would not shock me if the Giants beat the 49ers here. Though I do think the physical, I, I do think the 49ers will find a way with Nick Mullins to get it done. Close game, late fourth quarter kind of finish. I could see Gould with a game-winning field goal, but no no gambling opinion on this game. Tennessee minus two heads to Minnesota. Again, very tricky game here as well. You got the Titans, two and zero, coming off of a late win against the Jaguars at home. You got Tannehill playing really well at quarterback for the Titans. You got Kirk Cousins coming off a three interception game last week. Um, I don't know why I think this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Minnesota Vikings at home. I don't have a there's not a strong opinion here, but I'm gonna take the Vikings at home. Dalvin Cook, I look for Dalvin Cook. I look for Cousins to play better at quarterback. Justin Jefferson and Kyle Rudolph, those are two names to be aware of for the Vikings this week. Jefferson and Rudolph. Rudolph didn't catch any balls last week. I think you're going to see some Rudolph in the in the offense. Dalvin Cook, obvious, obviously, and I think Justin Jefferson will continue to uh, emerge with, with the Vikings. So give me the Vikings at home in, in a mild upset uh, at home to get off the 0-2 schneid. Washington, 1-1, one one, goes to Cleveland, 1-1. One one. Washington got beat last week in Arizona pretty pretty convincingly. Cleveland won Thursday night against the Bengals. Mayfield and company played pretty well on offense. Very good running game with Chubb and Hunt. Uh, Mayfield played efficiently. Uh, not a great offensive performance by Washington in either, in either of the two weeks. Um, I think they're going to struggle on offense. The defense is going to be pretty good. Cleveland minus seven. Don't have a gambling opinion on this game, but I do think Cleveland will win the game. Um, again, it's a game if you're Cleveland, you have to win. You have to win this game, Cleveland, if you're going to be at all a factor in the AFC uh, playoff race issue. you got to win this game at home. Cincinnati going to Philadelphia. Philly 0-2 minus the five. I do like Philadelphia here. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, 46.5. I would take the over here in this game. Burroughs impressed me with his ability to throw the ball and move the team. But the Cincinnati defense is bad. I definitely think this is going to be a a high-scoring game for the Eagles. Wentz and company. uh, Again, Deshaun Jackson. Miles Sanders returned. Um, You got Ertz and Goddard at tight end. I do think this will be a get-healthy kind of game for the Eagles. I like the over in this game, 46.5. But I'll take the Eagles at home as well to win the game and get off the 0-2 docket. The other 0-2 team we talked about, the Atlanta Falcons, they host the Chicago Bears. Atlanta minus three. The, the Bears are 2-0. and um, Not a great performance last week by the Bears against the Giants. They had to hang on late to win that game at home. Trubisky was uh, okay, not great. Good running game last week, though, out of David Montgomery, who's back from his groin injury. Uh, Atlanta minus the three. How will they emotionally respond to the disaster of last week in Dallas? They've scored at will. They've moved the ball up and down the field, but the defense is just terrible. So it's this, this is going to be a battle of the Atlanta offense versus the Chicago defense. Um, 
and can Atlanta get enough stops on defense versus that Chicago offense? Um, again, no gambling opinion on this game. Tough game to call here. Uh, Atlanta minus the three, again, makes it a dead-even game. I would take a uh, gun to my head. I would take the Bears, but I could definitely see the Falcons winning the game. The Jets go to Indianapolis to play the Colts. The Jets are a dumpster fire. Really, really poor. Sam Darnold, the offensive weapons are just not good at all, and they're injured. Crowder, Perriman, Le'Veon Bell, all injured. The Jet defense is not very good. Um, Adam Gase, I don't know when their bye week is, but I mean, I, I have a hard time believing Adam Gase is going to survive this uh, after year two. Just a, a dumpster fire. This team is just really, really bad. The Colts got got the first win of the year last week against the Vikings. Again, if you're the Colts, this is a game you have to win big, handily. Put them out of their misery early. Uh, you got Rivers. You got uh, injury to Paris Campbell for the for the uh, Colts. Leg injury. He's done for a long while. Fantasy got to think about is Michael Pittman Jr. Jonathan Taylor ran very well for the Colts last week, over 100 yards. The, the rookie out of Wisconsin. So look for a lot of Jonathan Taylor play action uh, to the uh, for the Colts. I do think the Colts will win the game. Uh, the 11 points. That's a lot. You know, if I had to play the Colts, I would probably take the Colts in the 11, but 11 double digits in the NFL is very tricky to take as far as taking the favorite. So I would definitely tease the Colts. If you're, if you're a teaser uh, gambler, tease down the Colts, three-team teaser, tease it down to minus one, pick a couple other games to tease with it. I would tease maybe the Colts. I would maybe look at the, uh, the Buccaneers as a teaser potential. And I also maybe look at the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers as a, as a three-team teaser potential. So there's some teaser knowledge for you as we as you are listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers, giving you a week three NFL uh, preview, selections, tidbits, fantasy notes. Again, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all your big pl- podcast platforms. We should be there. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter at jposports. Uh, let me hear from you. If you got any comments, suggestions, what do you think of my picks? Had a good week last week, actually. So if you were paying attention last week, you probably made a little cash because I had some. I had a good week, very good week last week in the uh, prognostication department. So, okay, let's move on. Carolina heads to the Chargers. By the way, the other injury we forgot to mention was Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be out uh, multiple weeks with an ankle issue. So the Panthers are depleted at running back. You're going to have Mike Davis filling in from a fantasy perspective. Uh, the Panthers went to Tampa last week and lost to my Bucks. The game was was not nearly as close as the score indicated. The Bucks jumped out early and then you know scored late to put the game away. Uh, but I'll give the Panthers credit. They, they play hard for Matt Rule. They're just not talented enough, in my opinion, on defense. You also have the issue in, in, with the Chargers of Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert played very well last week in an emergency start situation when uh, Tyrod Taylor was supposed to get an injection in his lungs and the doctor for the Chargers punctured his lung with the shot. So uh, Justin Herbert started against the Chiefs, played very well, lost in overtime. And back to our coaching decisions. 
Anthony Lynn. Fourth and one on your own 35 against the Chiefs. You have to go for it. You cannot punt the ball to Mahomes, him only needing a field goal in overtime. You go for the win. You play to win the game, like my man Herm says. Go for it on fourth and one. You have a six foot five, two hundred forty pound quarterback. You have a good, decent running game. Go for the game. Try to win the game, Anthony Lynn. They didn't. They punted. Mahomes drove them down. Butker, fifty-eight yard field goal, overtime loser. Chargers minus six and a half against the Panthers. Good defense for the Chargers. No. Uh, um, you know, they lost a heartbreaker last week. I do look for the Chargers to rebound. Again, uh, Herbert, week two, don't try to do too much, Justin. Throw to the open man. Don't try to be a hero. Run the offense, and you'll win the game. Okay, you're better than Carolina. You need to win the game. Give me. I'll take the Chargers. Win by seven. Barely cover the number. I'm going to take them by a touchdown. Win by seven at home. Chargers, new stadium in, in L.A. against the Panthers to go to 0-3. Maddie Patricia and the Lions head to the desert to see Kyler Murray in the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals 2-0, kind of a, one of the surprise 2-0 teams against the Lions, 0-2. 5.5 is the number. Kyler Murray playing very well. They beat the Redskins last week. I got a funny feeling Detroit's going to play well here in this spot. They played they played early last year. Detroit blew a big lead last year in the in the desert late that created a tie in week 1 I believe last year when they played the Cardinals. I like Detroit in the 5 and a half here. They might lose the game, but I like Detroit in the 5 and a half. I think you're going to see a better effort. They got thrashed last week against the uh, Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones ran wild. I do like the Detroit Lions in the five and a half here on Sunday. Tampa Bay, my Bucks, one and one. Head to Mile High to see the Broncos, one and one. No, I'm sorry, Denver's 0 and 2, excuse me. The Bucks beat Carolina last week. Denver lost in Pittsburgh. Denver obviously no Drew Locke this week. Shoulder issue. He's done for probably four to five weeks. Cortland Sutton, their number one, is done for the year with an ACL. So I do like Tampa Bay here. The Bucs have been pretty injury-free. The offense is, is coming along. It's not where it's going to be, but it's coming. Uh, the defense is playing really well for the Bucs. I like the Bucs here uh, by double, by probably 10 points. I'm looking at like a, uh, eh, you know what, I'm going to go more than 10 points. I think you're going to see the offense play really well this week in Denver. Um, Denver's kind of been a house of horrors for Brady over the years when he was in New England, but I think the Bucs are going to play well here. Jeff Driscoll at quarterback for the Broncos. Actually played pretty decent last week in Pittsburgh. Move the ball. Uh, but I'll take the Bucks here by double digits on the road week three. Sunday late, Seattle hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Seattle minus five against the Cowboys. Uh, you got Seattle coming off the thrilling win against the Patriots last week. At the Cowboys thrilling win against the Falcons. Five's a lot of points to be given the Cowboys. Um, I would potentially take the Cowboys here in the five. I do kind of like that. A huge number at 56 and a half. I wouldn't touch that. Um, Russell Wilson playing tremendous football quarterback. Good running game with Carson and Hyde. Obviously, you got Dallas with Zeke. You got Elliott. Um, you got 
uh, Amari Cooper, you got Gallup, you got C.D. Lamb showed up last week against Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to take Dallas in the five this week um, against Seattle and Russ. Seattle tends to win a lot of games close at home. They don't tend to blow anybody out, even when they're the better team. So I'm going to take Dallas in the five this week. Uh, Sunday night, one of the intri- intriguing matchups. Green Bay heads to New Orleans. Both uh, Green Bay 2-0, New Orleans 1-1. Short week for New Orleans. You got Drew questions about Drew Brees and the offense. Probably no Mike Thomas. Probably no Devontae Adams for Green Bay with a groin issue. Uh, Valdez Scantling and Lazard have played well for Green Bay. You're going to see a lot of Aaron Jones. So I think you're going to see a balanced attack out of Green Bay. I think you're going to see a lot of the running game out of New Orleans. Green Bay is still susceptible to the run. You're going to see Kamara's playing really well. Latavius Murray. Uh, again, short passing game. I think you're going to see Cook get involved. Emmanuel Sanders get more involved. Um, New Orleans minus the three. That is a tricky number, man. That is a stay away game. I would probably, if I had to tease the game, I definitely would tease up Green Bay to nine or ten points. If you were doing a teaser, I would definitely tease up Green Bay instead of New Orleans and take the points because definitely Green Bay can win the game outright, no doubt about it. Um, But no opinion on the game as far as a gambling perspective except for a teaser. If you're going to tease it, tease up Green Bay. Monday night, the showdown game of the year. Baltimore hosting the Kansas City Chiefs in Baltimore. Baltimore minus three and a half. It's always tricky to give Mahomes points, but in this in this spot, I'm going to take Baltimore here minus the three and a half. I like uh, the running game. Lamar Jackson throwing the ball better. I've not been impressed with the Kansas City offense to date. First two weeks, very very inefficient. Uh, they should have lost last week to the Chargers. Um, they weren't great, in my opinion, against Houston on the first Thursday night game. I'm not sure what's going on, but but you know Edward Tiller didn't didn't run the ball really well. But I'm going to take Baltimore at home. I just think too much versatility with with Lamar running and throwing this this week in at home. Um, I'll take Baltimore minus the three and a half at home. So there you have your week three selections, picks, breakdown, analysis. Um, so good luck with your with uh, fantasy watching the games with if you're gambling on the games good luck with that let's do a quick uh recap of the play uh baseball hockey and nba baseball playoffs start this coming up tuesday tuesday wednesday i believe for all the national american league remember the first round there's eight teams in each uh uh american league and nationally eight teams from each advance in the playoffs the first round is two out of three only so it's a little tricky for the one seeds and two seeds because you you could see some upsets Two out of three, and then it turns into four out of seven after that for the divisional and the championship. Remember, the divisional and the championship series will be hosted in the bubble in San Diego and Texas. World Series will be in Texas and Arlington. There will be, there's talk of being uh, a few fans being allowed for the uh, ALCS, NLCS, and the World Series. We'll see how that goes. Should be a wide open affair in the American League. I don't see any clear favorite in the American League. The National League, the clear favorite of the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers to, to lose. Uh, they are the clear favorite, most well-rounded, most the most depth, most talent in the National League is definitely the Los Angeles Dodgers. So um, if they don't make it, will be a, will be a surprise. The team I like, I'm going to take the Braves. Uh, I like the Braves. I think the uh, Braves are going to bounce back. 
after last year. If they can just keep their pitchers, uh, a couple of their guys healthy. Max Freed had an ankle injury. Hopefully he'll be ready to go game one. But I like I'm gonna take the Braves in the National League to see the Dodgers in the ALS in the NLCS. American League. I'm gonna take my Tampa Bay Rays. Again, I think they're well rounded. The pitching depth. I'm gonna take the Rays to get out of the American League against the New York Yankees. Rays Yankees. ALCS. Give me the Rays in six games to go to the World Series to play the Dodgers. Hockey, we are in the Stanley Cup Final. Lightning up two games to one. Game three, Friday night. Game four is going to be Saturday, so they're going to play two games in two days. The Lightning have dominated the series the last two games after Dallas won game one. Very impressive. Kind of our Willis-Reed moment was in game three. Stamkos made his return after being out for basically seven months. Played about a minute and a half and scored a goal on his like second or third shift. Didn't play again the rest of the uh, – the re- I don't know if he re-aggravated an injury or didn't feel great, but he scored his Willis-Reed-type goal, got off the ice. The, the bench went crazy when he scored, pro- really propelled the lightning emotionally, and they just they hammered the uh, Stars in Game 3, um, 5-2. Game 4, Friday night. Again, if they win Game 4, I think it's going to be lights out in Dixie. But uh, you're very physical series so far. Dallas has really been laying the laying the, the physical physical uh, hits on the Lightning. The Lightning are responding. Vasilevsky to me is the difference in this series. Um, better goal goaltender, uh, and the obviously the Tampa Bay power play has also been uh, something that's been a major factor in this series so far too. So I like the Lightning in five or six games to wrap up the Stanley Cup. NBA playoffs were in the conference finals. Boston 3-1 down to Miami, and the Lakers are 3-1 up over Denver. Been a very competitive series in the in both series, actually. Um, surprised at the 3-1 in both. Um, I do think the Celtics still have a shot here in the down 3-1 to the Heat. Lakers up 3-1 against Denver. Um, Lakers are the favorite here, but again, it, it won't shock me at all if Denver wins game five to force a game six, but I do think the Lakers will get through. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and take the Boston Celtics to win set in a seven-game series over the Heat. Um, I'm going to take Boston. Uh, Hayward's back. They got their full complement of players. Give me the Celtics in a, in a game seven stunner against the Miami Heat to have a Lakers-Celtics NBA Finals for 2020. That would be apropos, huh? After all the stuff that's going on. So give me the Boston Celtics in a major comeback. Win the series four games to three to go to the NBA Finals. There you have it. That's the Powers on Sports podcast for another episode. We appreciate you listening. We will be back again next week with week four, NFL, SEC, college football. Give you some, there'll be some Another slate of games next week. We'll have a Stanley Cup champion by then. And we might we will most likely have an NBA Finals matchup by then as well. So appreciate you listening. Tell a friend. Check us out on the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports Podcast. <laughs>